Blog Talk Radio. Let the wind blow, let the glory come down. Hey. 
I'll be your host for this episode, and this episode is called Staying in God's Word, and if you're going to pray, you've got to be in God's Word because the foundation to everything is being rooted and grounded in God's Word. So with that, uh, let's just go to God in prayer right now. Father, we thank you for this episode. We thank you for this time of fellowship and uh, we give you the praise and the glory, Father God, that all things came from you. And, Father, the greatest gift you gave was your son. We thank you for his blood. We plead that over our eyes and our ears right now, our hearts, Father. Pray that you'd make us attentive unto your word. We just receive your spirit through his blood, Father. And we thank you for the gift of the Holy Scriptures, Father, which cleanse and anoint our minds and draw us into your fellowship. We give you the praise in his name. Well, tonight I'm going to start with a scripture um, out of Thessalonians. It says, uh, you have called us by your gospel unto the attaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's exciting that we've been called unto the attaining of his glory. And uh, within this glory are the riches of every met need. It says that my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So every need that you have is already supplied by the the glory of God. The glory of God is like 
if you could go to heaven and open up the gates of heaven, you would find every the 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 gift of every met need there with your name on it waiting for you. This is the supply of our God for his son, that he has a covenant with us, that he has called us by his gospel unto the obtaining of this glory. And uh, it says that uh, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. When you accept Christ into your heart, when you receive him, you become a son of the king and you have a king's inheritance. And there's a lot of people walking around who are sons, but they have, don't have access to the inheritance. And so uh, the inheritance is accessed by the word of God. Just to pick up where I was at last week, it's uh, September 29th tonight, to, uh, 2013. And we were talking about sonship and the word of God last week. And um, we're going to continue with that thought tonight because it's an important thing because we've received we've received uh, an inheritance. And the question is, how do you get into that inheritance? And it, it says in Second uh, Thessalonians chapter two, verse fourteen, it says, "You have called me. You have called us by your gospel unto the attaining." of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I read something in Peter not too long ago that uh, really shocked me. It it brought something out that we don't normally see. So just keep keep that in mind in Thessalonians that we've been called by his gospel unto the attaining of his glory. And um, there's also another scripture that I want to read before I get into Peter to set this up. It says in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3, it says, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And then it says, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. So what that tells me right there, that while you're still in the flesh, while you're still in this world, God wants you to obtain his glory by his gospel, by believing into it. And it's not something that we enter into later by the sweet by and by. And uh, notice Isaiah 40, verse 3, it says, uh, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. Well, our soul is the wilderness. He says, prepare a way of the Lord and make straight in the desert of your life a highway for our God. That highway is the highway of the gospel, the highway of his word, of faith. It says that the voice of him cries, and what does he cry out? He cries out the gospel of the Lord, because the gospel, the word, is the key into the mansion of our sonship, wherein there is every met need, the riches of every met need that you have in your life. God has already foreseen it. He knows the end from the beginning. And he has seen ahead of time all of your needs. And he's provided those for you lovingly in the person of Christ and these riches. Uh, you are a co-heir with Christ. So his voice is crying out into us in the wilderness. And if it's hearing his voice, hearing his gospel, 
in the time of your wilderness, in the time of your desert is the key, then you, you've got to get out of the pity party and you've got to get into the good news because that good news is the bridge. It is the highway of our God into the glory of the Lord, into the fulfillment of sonship, the fulfillment of our inheritance. It comes by uh, quartering off God's word, uh, uh, quarantining the scriptures in your life, having a quiet time and having that quarant- uh, that, that time that you cut off everything else and you put yourself in quarantine unto the scripture. You put yourself in quarantine unto hearing the voice of him that is crying unto you in the midst of your wilderness because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, it's your ability to hear his voice that is going to deliver you from your midnight. It's going to deliver you from your darkness and uh, you're going to come out of the wilderness and you're going to move into the blessing of his inheritance. In God's presence, there is no sickness and there is no disease. It says uh, in 1 John, it says, uh, let's go to that one. That's a good one. 1 John chapter 1, verses 7. says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The light that we have to walk in is the light of his word. His word is a lamp unto our feet. It's got to be a lamp unto your tongue. You've got to confess the right things. You've got to cause your tongue to walk in the light. You can't walk in self-pity. You can't confess the bad thing. You've got to confess the good thing in the midst of your darkness. For how can two walk together unless they be agreed? You've got to cause your tongue your heart, your mind, your attitude to come into agreement with the light of God's word. And it says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we'll have fellowship one with another. We'll draw nigh into his inheritance, into his presence, into his fellowship. And in his fellowship, his presence, there is no sickness, there's no disease, there's no distraction. Our God has the power to keep us and to hold us unto himself. As we come to him through the word. I love what it says in Second Thessalonians 2.14. Uh, God has called us by his gospel unto the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember what I said earlier in Isaiah 40. It says, uh, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. It's not talking about when we get to heaven. It's talking about when we're in the flesh. God desires in his present lifetime before we die and go on to be with him that the glory of the Lord should be revealed to you right now. And uh, it says that uh, God has called us. God has supplied all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. There is already a supply God has already met you in your need. It says this of that same verse, that's Philippians 4, verse 19, by the way. But uh, in the, I believe it's the Living Bible, it says it this way. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. 
God has already seen your life uh, from beginning to end, and he's already made a supply for your every need. And this is the glory that he has called us into, this rich supply of every met need as a son of God. We have an inheritance, and there's no reason why we should give ourselves over to sickness, disease, sorrow, pity, depression, and uh, all these type of things that would seek to to drive us down and destroy us. So with that in mind, let's get to 1 Peter I was talking about. We're going to go to 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 9, and it says, Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. See, there's an end uh, fulfillment. There's a, uh, a completion or a fulfillment uh, to the word. To have the word and to believe it is not what God intended. That is, that's not what he intended to, for it to stay that way. He means for his word to go forward into a manifestation. So if you're believing God's word, if you're re- receiving it and, and, and reading it, but there's no manifestation, even the salvation of your soul, then uh, the word, that's only something that's been uh, halfway baked. It's not fully baked, and uh, it has not come to the fulfillment of what God desires. So signs and wonders follow them that believe that the word of God is uh, with power and demonstration. It's not something that you believe psychologically, and that's the end of the whole matter. But it's something that's to, to work a fulfillment in your life. So it says in 1 Peter 1, verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. You've got a body, you've got a soul, and you've got a spirit. And your soul is made up of your will, your mind, and your emotions. And God desires that um, that your will, your mind, and your emotions would come into the salvation, the full salvation of God. Verse 10, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come to you. Now, Peter's talking to people who are here on earth. He's not talking about the by and by. He's talking about prophets in the past who have prophesied of Peter's generation, this New Testament generation, that there should be a grace, there should be a manifestation, there should be a revelation of his word that his word would not simply be on paper, but the the word would become flesh in your life and it would dwell among you. What do you need from God's word? What uh, provision do you need met that this paper that has this promise would actually come into a full manifestation that the sickness would leave and the depression would go, and the sin would leave your life by the power of promise, not by the power of your works, not by the power of your self-effort to white-knuckle things and try to overcome temptation. Dead men don't have to try to overcome temptation. When Jesus was crucified on the cross, you were crucified too. And so... We believe into that crucifixion. You don't have to try uh, 
with your own flesh and effort and willpower uh, to, to enter into a victory over sin, I'm telling you according to Romans chapter 6 that you've already overcome your sin. That temptation is a lie. And instead of you being vexed, vexed by temptation, you vex temptation by quoting and speaking the word of God against it. You have already come, overcome your sin. You're not trying to overcome your, your sin. You've already stepped into it. As a son of God, you have received Christ's righteousness. And we must mix faith with this word, with this promise. Faith can be in the form of a confession. It can be in the form of a rebuke against your temptation. All God needs is a mustard seed of faith. And he can begin the process of manifesting his word, of taking it off of the paper from a promise into a present reality, a manifestation in your life. Listen to this. This is a cool verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in a t day of salvation have I helped thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So God wants salvation and deliverance to come into your life now. Today is the day of salvation. And he does not want you to receive the grace of God in vain. The Bible promises us grace. It promises us deliverance. And he says he doesn't want us to receive this promise in vain. But he says that now is the time acceptable. Today is the day of salvation. So going back to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, of which salvation the prophets, that's those in the Old Testament, have inquired and searched diligently to prophesy of the grace that should come unto you. God has a grace for you. He has a blessing for you. He has an inheritance for you. And notice what it says, the grace that should come unto you. It is supposed to come unto you. You are supposed to receive deliverance from your sin. You're supposed to receive uh, deliverance from uh, sickness and from temptation. You're supposed to grow in his righteousness. You're supposed to become like Christ. This is the prophesied grace of our New Testament time period that is to come unto us. And we don't have to walk around as smiling Christians trying to put something on as if we, had some, we have something when in reality we're walking in darkness. We don't have to live in a pseudo-righteousness. We can have the real thing, the grace that should come unto you. It's your inheritance. You're supposed to have it. If I have a child and they're in my house, then everything in my pantry belongs to them. If they need something, uh, I'm going to provide it for them as a father. If they, they ask uh, bread, I'm not going to give them a stone. And this is the inheritance that we have. We have a loving father who has provided for us. So verse 11, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory 
that should follow. Listen to that. The sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Jesus suffered. Jesus took upon himself uh, your servanthood to sin so that you could receive his sonship into the inheritance. It is the glory that should follow his suffering. To every child of God, to every believer, there is a glory that is supposed to, to follow your faith, to follow your belief in his word. It says, as I said before, uh, he's called us by his gospel unto the obtaining of the glory of Jesus Christ. He didn't say that uh, he's called you by the gospel unto becoming a good person or a good, nice little Christian, nice, good uh, church attender, but he, he wants you to actually obtain his glory. And uh, it says that my God shall apply all your needs according to his riches and glory. By Christ Jesus, you have riches. You have an inheritance. And uh, that reminds me of uh, in the same chapter in Peter, chapter 1 of First Peter, says uh, verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. And that makes me think of uh, Colossians chapter 1, where it says something similar to that. It says, uh, Colossians 1 uh, verse 4, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day that ye heard of it, and knew of the grace of God and truth. So there is a hope laid up for you in heaven. And what did Jesus say? He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants to transfer this help, this hope that is laid up for you in heaven. He wants to transfer it to you. It is laid up in heaven and it is transferred by faith. It is transferred by the word of truth of the gospel. He is called us by his gospel unto the attaining of this glory. And there are some people who did not obtain the glory. And why did they not obtain the glory? Because they did not mix it with faith. Faith is an action. And so action transfers your bank account in heaven. If I've got a checkbook and if I don't perform the action of, of lighting out uh, and signing that tr check, endorsing it, agreeing it, to it, then it's not going to transfer. Uh, I could have a million dollars in the bank, but if I do not endorse it, if I do not come into agreement, if I don't sign my name to it and say yes, then I'm not going to receive that promise. Checks are called promissory notes, and the Bible is a checkbook, and it is filled with promises. And all you have to do is sign the back of that promise. You've got to come into agreement. With that promise, it says, how can two walk together unless they agree? And so whenever you're signing your name on anything, uh, you're signifying that you agree with that paper. You're saying yes to that official document or instrument. You're, you're agreeing to it when you sign your name. And so that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to agree with his word that it's true. And as we come into agreement, we're going to receive the 
promised blessing. Again, First Peter chapter one, verse twelve, or, or verse eleven. It says, "The sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow; these signs shall follow them that believe." Verse twelve: Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, that is, present-day New Testament believers, unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the desire, uh, the, which things the angels desire to look into. So here he is talking about to New Testament believers, talking about uh, things being ministered unto them, which are now reported unto you. See, the glory is, we're not waiting for the glory of some revival the glory is already here because Christ has already suffered and he's atoned for our sins. Therefore, we are no longer servants to our sins. And servants don't live in the house. It's sons that live inside the house. And if you're in my house, if you're my son, then you can, uh, you can run and jump and on the bed. You can jump on the couch. You can turn the TV on. You can go look in the refrigerator. You can have anything you want in my house because you're a son. And we become sons by faith. So uh, here Peter's talking to these New Testament believers, talking about the grace that should come, the glory that should follow, and of things that are now, 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 being reported unto you of them that have preached the gospel. These things are healing, deliverance from demons, uh, victory over sin, the righteousness of Christ, all the good things of of his kingdom, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. He is the vine, and uh, we are the branches, and we are to receive our inheritance. We are to receive our blessing, and it's something that is to happen right now, and we're not waiting for some glory uh, or, or some revival to come bring the glory. I'm telling you that you can have the glory right now. Uh, you can enter in right now into heaven, into the heavenly realm, the heavenly things of God. Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth right now as they are in heaven. And there's no sickness in his presence. It says, uh, in the presence of the Lord is joy, and uh, at his right hand pleasures forevermore. So there's no depression in God's presence. Uh, there's no... Uh, psychological afflictions, and wherever Jesus went, Jesus was perfect theology. He was perfect. He demonstrated perfect doctrine, perfect faith, and he was the kingdom of God on the earth. And wherever he went, he broke sickness and psychological torment off the people. And he said, "According to your faith, be it unto you." So God. Uh, we're not waiting on God to bring a revival. I'm here to tell you that the revival, you can already tap into the glory. And Jesus went about doing good. And it, if he was not able to do good, it's because of the people's faith. Um, Jesus said, if you be can believe, all things are possible. If you can believe. There is a man that said, I believe, Lord, please help thou my unbelief. And he said to several people, 
according to your faith. So shall it be unto you. The the woman got healed of her uh, inner bleeding. And he said, good woman, you know, your faith has healed you of your plague. And so faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So, Father, we just thank you. We praise you in the mighty name of Jesus for bringing about the word of God, for bringing about the word of truth. Father, we pray that you'd make us pregnant with your word. We pray that you'd quicken our ears to hear your voice, to know what it is that you're saying, Father God, to be filled with all manner of goodness, to be filled with all this grace. Lord God, you've called us to an inheritance, Lord. And we just repent, Lord, of being fixated on idols and things that have taken us away from this inheritance, this call into your glory, unto the obtaining of the glory of Jesus Christ. Father, we want to walk as he, he walked, Lord God. He said that the things I do, you will do also and greater because I go to my Father. But yet, Lord, we get caught up in all these other things and uh, we get our focus off and According to our focus, so it is unto us, O God. We focus on this and we focus on that. And so what we're looking at transfers into us, Father, things of the world because we're looking at the world. Father, we pray that you'd anoint our eyes to look upon your word. Lord, I just break the scales off of our eyes and and break the attack of the enemy to distract us. And Lord, quicken thou thy word into our hearts even the rhema word of God, even that precious living word, that we would be as Mary, Lord God, who physically conceived the Messiah, that in the womb of our heart, the womb of our mind, we would gently accept and receive the good news of the angel, that the word of God can be birthed in our hearts and our minds by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, you prophesied through Jeremiah that you would write the word of God in our hearts and minds. Father, I ask this for us, that you would so write it in our hearts and minds, that you would inscribe it by the pen of the Holy Spirit, that we would be filled to overflowing with living word, living rhema, Father, that your word becomes so real to us, and that we would be caught up in, the, in it, Father God, more than any distraction, more than anything on earth. Jesus, you are the word, and you are the shepherd, and we receive thy holy word, and we follow you, and we say, wherever you go, We're going to go there, too.
Patrick for Prayer International, and we're back. And we've been talking tonight about sonship and how the blessing of the Lord isn't something that's simply uh, for heaven in the sweet by and by, but it is something that God wants to bring about right now. I've got a series of scriptures I'm going to read here. It says, uh, this one's from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, and that he, that is Jesus, died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Jesus died so that you would no longer have to live unto your own limitations, unto your own fears and phobias, that you would not have to consume and eat of the the dead flesh of Adam, those things that you've inherited uh, through the sin of Adam. Your life doesn't have to be filled with that. You don't have to be filled with poverty. You don't have to be filled with a, a desire for materialism and greed. You can have a pure heart. Jesus is that vine, and when we connect back to the vine, all that he is flows like sap into us, the inheritance of the purity of his heart. For example, I want the purity of God's heart. I don't want want to think uh, even about a, a friend who's being a, a jerk or something. I don't want to be thinking mean or hateful thoughts towards them. I want to be meditating upon the purity of God. Whenever somebody does me wrong, I want to be have, have a pure heart towards them. I want to have a pure, forgiving mind. And that comes from being connected into Jesus, who is divine. And how do we get connected into that vine that has the sap of that inheritance, that sap of everything that you need in life to get through? How do we connect to that vine? Well, it tells us in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, it says, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. The secret to abiding in him is listening to the anointing, is listening to the pen of the Holy Spirit right upon your heart. And how do you do that? You do that by creating a quiet time, by listening to him, by focusing in him. How does someone who plays a piano in a orchestra hall, how does he get all those people to buy those tickets? Well, he had to practice over and over. And you hearing God's voice is something that you practice. And you practice hearing, and as you hear the anointing, even as it hath taught you, so you shall abide in him. You shall abide in that vine, and from that vine flows uh, the sap of your inheritance, everything that you need. It says, and that he, Jesus, died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto their own limitations unto their own phobias, but unto him who died for them and rose again. says that, uh, for you know of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might become rich. You don't have to be poor in your anger. See, there's a voice crying out in the wilderness of your anger, the wilderness of your confusion, 
the wilderness of you getting an attitude towards God and saying, you know, God, where are you? And what's going on in my life? Uh, even though you've got that poverty, it says that Jesus became poor for our sakes, that we might become rich. Rich in the flow of the anointing, uh, which breaks the yoke. Rich in the purity of his heart. Rich in his righteousness. Rich in the ability to develop a mouth that speaks encouraging words to others rather than having a bad attitude towards others and, and expressing that through your mouth. We get to live unto the vine divine. We get to be connected as branches unto him in the sap of his inheritance of all that he is, is gets to flow into us. And it says in First Peter uh, chapter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. And Jesus said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants this heavenly inheritance, this living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He wants this abundant mercy that we've been begotten unto again out of the old Adam and into the and grafted into the new Adam. He wants that to be transferred now that, uh, as Peter said, these things that are now being reported of you by them that have preached the gospel unto you, the glory that should come, the grace that should come unto you now, the things that the prophet eagerly looked into, even that of you having a key into your inheritance, a key into the house, that you would no longer be servants unto sin, but you would be sons unto righteousness the promise of eternal life, the promise of the type of life and the quality thereof that God himself enjoys. This is what you get to have, this promise of eternal life. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. He has called us by his gospel unto the attaining of this glory. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. God has ordained us that we should go and bring forth much fruit. The harvest of heaven is truly plentiful, but the the sons of God on earth, the believers on, of God on earth are, are poverty-stricken. And so not knowing our inheritance, though even though we're sons, we end up going unto all the pubs and places and clubs of the enemy to try and find something to medicate the pain when uh, we can really come unto God and drink of his new wine and become inebriated in the Holy Ghost. It says in Galatians chapter 4, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child in his understanding, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. See, we've got a lot of uh, heirs of the kingdom, but we're children in our understanding. We're children in our faith. Our faith is weak. And... Uh, the disciples could not rebuke the storm on the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus said, "Where's your faith? Why don't you? Why do you have weak faith? Why do you have uh, ch- uh, the, the faith of a, of a, a small child? Um, that thing of weakness. Why aren't you become men in your understanding? Why don't? Why do you allow yourself to be tossed to and fro like children by every wind and every wave of your life? And it's because we haven't developed our uh, faith." 
our faith applies and, and brings to us that inheritance in heaven. The lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. And he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with, us, with him also freely give us all things? See, the lamb was slain for you before the foundation of the world. There was an inheritance that God conceived and perceived and set aside for you before the foundation of the world. And if God provided your deliverance from sin by the blood of Jesus, that lamb that was slain, then it says Romans chapter 8, If he not he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, then how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? See, he's got every other smaller thing uh, thought of and provided for by you or, or by him for you in his inheritance. If he's provided the greatest thing, which is the blood, then how much more has every other little thing been provided for you? And so... We are called by his gospel into the attaining of this glory. He said that this glory shall be revealed unto all flesh and that we would see it. And in this glory, within this glory, are the riches of every met need because he knew your days from the beginning to the last. And so, Father, we just give you thanks and praise you, Father, for uh, the word, this episode of Prayer International, Father God, that you have placed in our hearts the ability to hear your voice. You said your sheep hear your voice, and hearing that voice in the wilderness, Father, is what transfers us into the promised land. So, Lord God, we thank you for giving us hearing ears. We pray that you'd pluck out the distractions out of our heart and anoint us with wisdom about how to have quiet times with you, not, in, not to pursue you, Father, in legalism, but to pursue the love letter not to pursue the law, but to pursue the love letter, the lover of our hearts, Lord God, to desire to spend time with you. And lead us in those moments, Father. Fill us with your spirit and consecrate us with your most holy ghost. We praise you, Father, for this in Jesus' name. My name is Patrick. Thank you for uh, for, uh, joining me on this episode of Prayer International. And uh, we'll see you next week. I will draw you to me forever in righteousness, in justice and mercy. No.